So we have this opportunity, starting with a relatively white space calendar, to reprioritize what matters, to look at every commitment that comes our way, everybody saying, hey, do you want to resume X? And really consider, does that make sense for me? Is that really what I want to focus on? Is that where I want to allocate my time and energy? How important of that? What priority is that satisfying? And with that kind of examination of our commitments and taking them back on, hopefully we come out of this with a calendar that has a lot more white space and is really organized around the things that matter most to us. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle, and welcome back to the show. If you've been struggling with time management, getting the things that are most important to you done, and seeing progress and productivity in all areas of your life, then you're going to love today's conversation. Joining us today is Diane Mulcahy, who's the author of the book, The Gig Economy, The Complete Guide to Getting Better Work, Taking More Time Off, and Financing the Life You Want. And she was actually on the show, episode number 70, which I'll link in the show notes, where we talked about how to live a gig lifestyle. And today she is back to share her expertise on time management. In that book, Diane dedicated an entire chapter to the subject. So we cover everything you need to know about how to keep focused on your priorities, what systems you can put into place, how to set up boundaries to really own your time. Now, Diane is a frequent contributor to Harvard Business Review, a Forbes contributor, and she lectures at numerous universities. She also created the first course in the country on the gig economy and teaches it in the MBA program at Babson College. In just 35 minutes, this is like a masterclass on time management that's going to get you on the right track. So I'm excited to have you tune in today. Now remember, all of the show notes can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com. And if you enjoy today's episode or know somebody who would benefit from it, make sure to share it. So here we go. Hi, Diane. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hi, Michelle. So great to be back. Uh, So we're going to be covering, I think, one of the most important topics, which is time, time management, the time as an asset and how we can be better utilizing it. And it's interesting because I had been drawn to pick up your book again, The Gig Economy, and I was flipping through and saw that chapter seven was all about time. And I, and I, and I reached back out to have you come back on. So thank you for being here. Oh, I'm happy to come back. Time is one of my favorite topics. Oh, good. This is one of my favorite topics. I have a feeling that you, after having lived the gig lifestyle for so long, have probably mastered this. So I'll be curious to hear what you do. But before we jump right in, um, just take a second to briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Diane Mulcahy, and I am the author of The Gig Economy, 
And I consult and I speak and I write uh, frequently about all kinds of topics related to the gig economy and the future of work. Awesome. And that's why you're here. So this is one of the, the key topics we're talking about today, which is time management. And so it's an interesting time right now with what's happening because people have, are losing their jobs or there's other people who've been home, but now they've got their kids home. They may even have college age kids home. Their houses are more full, whatever the you know circumstances might be, regardless of where you're at. I, I feel like time management is one of the most important uh, things that we can learn. And I'm wondering, um, you know, if we can start almost a, from a meta point of view, how should we be thinking about time? What, well, how do you think about time? I mean, from, from the highest level, the, the way that I think about time is intentionally and proactively. That's kind of the best way to think about time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it, in this environment, everybody's time has been disrupted. Our routines are disrupted. The things that we normally rely on to structure mm -hmm. our time and build out our day, and that's both professionally and personally, mm -hmm. have all been uh, disrupted because of this crisis and working from home. And for many people, you know, they've lost jobs or maybe they're working less than they're used to. So lots of things going on in people's lives. So the opportunity is really, you know, is there a way to step back and look at what your current situation is and think intentionally about, you know, what what time demands you must meet? And then how do you build out a calendar around that one that allows you to, um, you know, create some kind of sustainable daily life mm -hmm. and a productive daily life? Yeah, I love that word to to be intentional about time management. So, how do we even begin? So, there's some people who I think are naturally more organized and structured, and then others who struggle with it. And then, as you stated, uh, everyone's being impacted in some way around time and structure and taking back control in any way that we can. So, how do we start? Where where do we even begin? Yeah, I think we begin with priorities. Um, and, you know, whether that is you have transitioned from working in an office to working from home and or if you have other people in the household that require some amount of attention during the day, it's figuring out, you know, what are the must do's. And for most people, I think, you know, they're concerned with keeping their jobs and figuring out uh, what are the key, what are the key items that they need to focus on day to day in order to keep that going at a reasonable level of performance. Mm -hmm. And then looking around at their household and saying, you know, what are my obligations here that I absolutely have to fulfill? So it's starting with the priorities. The good news is that since our days have been so disrupted, Although we might be losing some time during mm -hmm. the day uh, with, with other commitments, you know, time we might have been in the office and now we have other things that we're attending to during the day, we also are gaining time because for people who are working from home, they're not commuting. Mm -hmm. For people who are, 
still working in their jobs, they're not doing any business travel. You're not um, caught up in the same kind of office chit chat that you used to. Mm. You're not, uh, you know, you're not going to networking events and conferences the way that you used to. So there's, for most people, there's a lot of time that um, is would normally be devoted to activities that are now canceled. Mm. And so all that time comes back. And then some portion of that is going towards coping with our current situation. But hopefully there's a net gain there. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about prioritizing, I think that so many of us know what our priorities are, but the way we manage our time does not reflect or align with those priorities. Why do you think that is based on all of the work that you've done and the research that you've done? And how do we get it back in alignment? How do we actually line up those priorities with with our calendars? I mean, that's really the key question, isn't it? Yeah. I, I feel like that really is the key question. You know, first of all, how do we get into this situation? Right. And I think, look, I mean, it's it's easy to get incrementalized into things. It's easy to say, yes to one small commitment, you know, it's like, well, okay, I don't really want to say no, you know, I feel bad. And so I'm going to say yes. And it's only one hour, one lunch, one night, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly that times, however many times you do that adds up. And suddenly you've got like significant blocks of time that are committed to things that don't even really matter to you. Um, So I think that's how we get there most often. It's not anything, you know, we're not necessarily self-sabotaging or it's, it's just that it's easier to say yes than no. Mm. And every, every individual request, you can kind of make a good argument. And then before you know it, they add up into a critical mass that, that you have to deal with. Mm. So, you know, the way that I think about getting out of that, and by the way, in a way it couldn't be easier at a time like this, because Mm. what has happened uh, is all of our calendars have been wiped clean in many ways mm-hmm. because of all the things I listed before. No sure. business travel, no no conferences, no networking events, not even social meetings that yeah. might have been, you know, standing happy hour with this friend, <laughs> you know, monthly lunch with this other friend, right. morning coffee. Uh, all of those things are just wiped off the calendar. Sure. And the so, commute, which is what, a huge time thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a huge time thing. So what an opportunity. We now have this calendar that has all of this white space that has been cleared, all of these habits and commitments that have been kind of by default stuck on our calendars are gone. Mm. And I think the opportunity is as we start moving back into life as we once knew it, being really careful about what gets added back in because the habit is already broken. And it's so easy to say, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to resume that right now. I'm going to wait three more months and, and see what happens to my calendar. Or, you know what, I want to change that from a monthly coffee to a monthly morning call. Um, so we have the opportunity to subtract things from our calendar, first of all, to add them in differently in a way that is less time consuming um, or, you know, change them up completely, maybe make them less frequent. You know, you keep it, but it becomes a quarterly check-in instead of a monthly check-in. So we have this opportunity starting with a relatively 
white space calendar to reprioritize what matters, to look at every commitment that comes our way, everybody saying, hey, do you want to resume X? And really consider, does that make sense for me? Is that really what I want to focus on? Is that where I want to allocate my time and energy? How important of that? What priority is that satisfying? And with that kind of examination of our commitments and taking them back on, hopefully we come out of this with a calendar that has a lot more white space and is really organized around the things that matter most to us. I love that. That actually feels empowering and hopeful, which is two words that we need more of in our life right now, feeling empowered and hopeful. So that I love. Um, I am curious, though, when people say, for example, their health is their priority, but they're not making time to move their body or to make healthier choices with their foods. I, I've read, I've heard people say, if you're not doing it, then it's not really a priority. I'm just curious what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I mean, I talk about this in chapter seven mm -hmm. and also in later chapters in my book because, um, you know, there's a great saying, uh, which I've quoted in the book, but I can't think of who to attribute it to right off the top of my head. But it's, you know, if you want to understand somebody's priorities, look at their uh, calendar and their checkbook, right? Where, does, mm -hmm. where are they allocating their time and their money? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is a really uh, simple, concrete, and, le and yet incredibly effective and powerful way to think about understanding where you are spending your time and your money and whether it is congruent with what you say your priorities are. So to use your example, if health is a big priority, taking a look at your calendar. Okay, where are you allocating time for exercise, for eating well, and for getting a good night's sleep? Okay, let's just say those are the building blocks of mm -hmm. kind of a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if those are nowhere to be found on your calendar, well, there's the problem. So, you know, from where we are today, where there is a huge reshuffling in our time, is there a way for you to take a look at your calendar, which you are now rebuilding, and say, okay, what, what, what am I interested in doing about this? Am I, am I still interested in prioritizing health? And if so, what does that look like for me? How can I, you know, schedule in sleep, exercise, time for cooking, um, or how can I start, you know, throwing both time and money at this problem. Maybe it's blocking time and getting a trainer. Maybe it's blocking time and getting a Peloton. Maybe it's blocking time and making sure that I participate in that live stream Pilates class at 6 a.m. Um, so maybe it's, you know, making time to cook or maybe it's paying for grocery delivery so that I know I have groceries every week. So there are different ways to approach it. And it's just really thinking about for your circumstances, what makes sense for you? Do you build something from the ground up that is fairly time intensive? Mm. Do you do a mix of, you know, time and money? Uh, you know, how do you approach this problem? This is really, it's so good. You know, I was thinking, you know, they, they say that the brain likes certainty and with the uncertainty right now, I think one of the best things that we can do to feel better every day is to feel in control of our time and our schedule. So I, I, 
am really loving this conversation and the way that you're framing it and ways that we can look at it. But I'm wondering, Diane, are there particular systems that you know work? Because, you know, one of the things, you know, especially around health and stuff, a woman oftentimes will put her child, her friends, like just different priorities like that like you talked about, oh, you know, we, do you have 30 minutes to talk to so-and-so? Do you have whatever? And the next thing you know, you've you've made your life very busy, but not really oriented to priorities and productivity. So I'm just curious what systems either that you use or that you recommend that we can use to build out that calendar. Right. Well, th- there's another great quote, which I also can't attribute, but uh, that I recently read, and it says, you know, the, the most powerful productivity tool is the word no. Mm. So that's first of all, right? Being mm-hmm. just so selective about what we say yes to in terms of committing our time and thinking ahead of time about ways that you can maybe default into a, I'll get back to you later, or a no and be very, very careful about uh, saying yes. So if in your mind you've already composed, you know, never saying yes to something right when it's asked is is a great way Mm -hmm. to be more mindful about committing your time. Mm -hmm. So having a response in your head, if somebody says, hey, you know, do you want to take on this? Or, you know, can we meet for that? And and just saying to that, actually, let me check my calendar, get back to you. So mm-hmm. you're not saying yes or no, but you are buying yourself some time so that you're not pressured into it in the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's one, you know, saying no and, and certainly at minimum deferring saying yes is, mm-hmm. is effective. Um, another system that works for people either, and, and, and for some people, this can be um, you know, all in and for others, a modified version can work, but it's some version of time blocking, right? So mm-hmm. it's taking a look at your calendar and saying, uh, first of all, it's being really honest and aware of how you use your time, like saying, okay, from six to seven in the morning, you know, all I can do is have my coffee, you know, hang out, have breakfast with my husband and read the news. That's it. Like I, I'm, I'm never going to be the person that does the Pilates class at 6 a.m. Right. Um, so being, so being really honest and just blocking that time and saying, okay, I'm going to call that morning routine. And then at seven, I'm going to start booking things. Um, for other people, it might be, you know what, I have to get up at five and do Pilates. Otherwise I'm never going to exercise. So whatever it is for you, but really thinking intentionally about understanding when your best times are for deep work, for social interaction, for productively, you know, where you feel like, geez, I need to do something physical. I need to go to the gym or I need to putter around the house or, you know what, I've been at my computer all day. I want to do something with my hands. That's a great time for me to cook dinner, you know, whatever it is, but really thinking about what are the best times for you to do different activities? And then how do you take advantage of that in blocking out times on your calendar. And I think the key is making sure there's some time, which you call white space or cushion, um, because things come up, right? Mm -hmm. Things always come up every day. You know in your life how many things come up, how often and how big they are, and making sure there's some flexibility for that, either in a day or in a week. Um, You know, I have a friend who works independently. She's a consultant. And she just blocks off, you know, the bulk of Fridays and and says, that's really my catch up on emails, do some invoicing, do some social media, do some biz dev, like all of those things. But 
if they get pushed into Saturday morning, that's okay if something has come up during the week. So there's a little bit of flexibility there. Um, so time blocking can be a really good way to start understanding what are your major activities, where do they fit best in the in your day based on your rhythms, energies, situation, and then um, how do you build that out into a calendar that starts to make sense and to, that starts to feel good mm. and productive for you. Right. No, this is so good. Now, it's interesting. Let's talk about technology because I think one of the biggest distract distractions is tech. So you may be working on an article, you may be working on your work for your job, you're on the computer, and then you're suddenly in your email, you're suddenly on Facebook, <laughs> you're suddenly, your phone dings, you know, <laughs> what What do you uh, advise around creating systems or structure around really valuing your time enough that you don't allow those distractions in that you put up some serious boundaries. Cause I know you're very good at that. Yeah. I mean, really the best way to do that, honestly, is to work in very quiet hours. So if you happen to be a morning person or a night owl, you know, getting up early. And uh, for example, I have a colleague who has been working on a book and she did that from 5 to 7 a.m. every morning. Wow. That is not her normal working schedule. But, you know, for her thinking about how does she carve out a portion of her day that really, truly will be uninterrupted in a way that doesn't require her discipline mm. to make uninterrupted, that was the best option for her. I understand that doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, it's 5 to 7 a.m. or maybe it's 9 to 11 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. So if, if you're a person who can work in those kinds of hours, that is often the easiest way to get that uninterrupted time. And it doesn't really require anything else from you mm -hmm. besides sitting down during those times. But for those of us who are trying to carve out those times in the workday, it does require a little bit more proactivity and intention. So it might involve uh, putting your phone on silent, leaving it in another room is mm -hmm. probably the best thing that you can do there. Mm -hmm. Blocking off your work calendar so that people, you know, it shows up as busy. People can't come in and book time. And using, you know, there's all kinds of technology solutions for blocking social media for turning off notifications on your computer. So that even if you wanted to go on Facebook, you can't. Right. Um, so those are all ways to get deep work done during mm -hmm. the day and, and hold off on, on technology. Um, and I think part of it too, you know, to be successful, you re it does go back to being aware about what is your best time for doing that kind of work. You know, for me and for many other people, it's the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but I have colleagues for whom, you know, nighttime is really best. Um, maybe you're the odd person for whom afternoons really are, are it for you. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, figuring out the best time and then using technology or other solutions to carve out that time. Yeah, that's so good. And it's true. And if you know that your morning time is your best time, then if you are saying yes to a call or a meeting or something, schedule it for the afternoon where you're not going to be as productive anyway, and you don't feel like it's taking away from your productivity time, right? I think that's totally true. And and besides blocking off your work calendar, which prevents internal people from scheduling, 
Um, the other technology tool, which I found incredibly helpful, is a tool like Calendly mm-hmm. or Schedule Once, where somebody outside uh, who is asking you for time for a phone call or for a meeting or for whatever it is, you can say, actually, here's a link to my calendar. Mm-hmm. And in advance, you can designate, okay, 3 to 5 p.m., I'm open to taking you know 30-minute calls. Um, and then every other block is is blocked off. So when you send that link, you know that the only times that that person can book are three to five whenever they're free on your calendar because it syncs on your calendar. So when somebody books a slot, it's no longer available. Yeah, no, so that's, that's a great. tool that I've used with great effect. Yeah, I love that. And I, I do use Calendly and I've been finding it to be a wonderful helper, you know, for a lot of us solo entrepreneurs who have a couple of contractors that maybe we outsource things to. It's so nice to, it's almost like your built-in VA for you, for your calendar. So um, yeah, I think that's great. Um, Diane, a lot of people right now, especially with everything going on, there's waves of emotion. Everyone's in a different place. The financial pressures, all of it. Motivation is like a huge thing that I'm hearing. I just feel unmotivated. I don't know how to get motivated. I know that this isn't, necessarily what you studied, but I'd love your thoughts on, uh, or I should say what you researched, not studied, um, what you researched, but um, thoughts on motivation, how to get motivated and to stick to that calendar, because maybe you've got it all aligned and then you find week after week, certain things are just not happening that you really intended to get done. Yeah. I think this is such an unusual time. You really have to be a little bit gentle on that. Um, I think it's really easy to say, wow, you know, I no longer have to commute. I'm going to take that 45 minutes and I'm going to, you know, learn another language and (laughs) take an online, you know, high intensity workout class. And, you know, that's my five days of commuting time gone. Um, That's a really ambitious plan, but... Mm. I think this is such an unusual time. Allow, first of all, allow yourself space mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the ability to experiment without being hard on yourself. And I think it's fine to say, wow, I'm not used to not commuting. I'm going to try to use that time to read or to study something or to exercise. And I'm going to see how it goes. I think trying to inject um, not so much pressure and uh, you know, a feeling of like rigid scheduling, but more curiosity and mm. experimentation and iteration and trying to approach your calendar with that spirit. Because I think then it allows you to try things without punishing yourself and to gain information. Like, wow, I thought that I would be you know, a person who loves to get up and exercise, but it turns out I don't. But by 3 p.m., I really need to move around. So let me try blocking three to four and see if that works, you know? Mm. So when we when we go from, and, and by the way, this is something that I found when I was writing my book and interviewing people. When people go from having a full-time job where mm. their days are very structured, commute in the office all day, commute home, blah, 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 and they start working independently, they flail because they're used to having their time scheduled for them. And they don't really know. They're missing that self-awareness piece I talked about, like what works best for me, because that hasn't been a consideration. They've just been following the schedule that they've had to follow. 
So if you are trying to create a schedule that works for you, just try to be gentle, try to experiment, iterate as needed, you know, feel free to ditch things that aren't working, move them around, replace them with something that isn't. And again, just resist the opportunity to schedule everything. Leave, you know, at least initially, just leave the white space. Mm. Because you know what? If you're not feeling motivated, you're not motivated. Go do something that feels interesting to you. Go make a recipe, you know, go bake something, go take a walk, go uh, take a nap. I mean, do something that feels nourishing, that satisfies curiosity, that feels like a self-care treat, Mm -hmm. you know, sit down and read a book for an hour, something you wouldn't normally get to do, because that's going to rejuvenate you and make you excited about, you know, the next thing more than relentlessly forcing yourself to stick to a schedule. I, I just don't think that's a good plan. I love I love what you said. And I think giving yourself grace is so important and not punishing yourself. Those are the words you use. I love that. It's true. I mean, we don't have to be productive every moment. And I think sometimes busyness comes from this desire to want to feel like we are being productive, even if it's not just to say, you know, just fill that calendar and not really be thinking enough about the value of your time and how you want to be spending it. And and I couldn't agree more that this is like a perfect time now to be evaluating that for yourself. Um, you said something that I think would actually be really helpful. So there are people who have either left work to start their own gig or have been let go. And they were used to the structure of a nine to five. And that was very helpful because as you said, you know, that everything was sort of built in and the time was accounted for. Um, You talk in your book about makers versus manager schedule. Can you explain what that is and how we might be able to look at our calendar and build it out based on that model? Yeah, maker versus manager is, is really another form of time blocking in a way. And what it does is um, the maker block is a chunk of several hours that allows you to do some kind of deep work, whether it's writing or sitting down and really thinking through a problem and coming up with a plan, or maybe it's preparing a presentation uh, that you really need to sit down and focus on. Maybe it's having, um, you know, an in-depth conversation or a meeting with, with people that you work with, but it's really meant to set aside a block of uninterrupted time that allows you to immerse in something. And the manager blocks are chunks of time, kind of like my 3 to 5 p.m. window that I was talking about with Calendly, Mm. where you sort of, where you say, I'm actually open to, you know, two hours of 30-minute meetings. And I'm okay going from one thing to the next thing. I'm not trying to immerse. I'm not trying to get deep. I'm just trying to have meetings, talk to people I need to talk to, make decisions, get information, have phone calls, have introductory uh, discussions. You know, I'm just trying to get through that part of my day. Mm. So it's a bit choppier. It's, it's, it's a different kind of time. It's a move from thing to thing, you know, change your attention, uh, pivot versus immerse, go deep, don't change anything, um, you know, kind of put your head down, look up four hours later type of thing. 
So it's just another form of time blocking. Hmm. I love it. And uh, I've done, I, okay, I think, please. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for people who, who have gotten laid off, um, you know, that's a, that's a whole other, that's a whole other type of situation than creating a schedule for a normal work day. And what I would say about being gentle to yourself, you know, times that by 10. And I think the instinct when you've been laid off is to kind of throw yourself at your computer and Mm -hmm. like chain yourself to it and, and, you know, not leave it until you've found a job, another job, right? There's so much stress, there's pressure, there's identity, there are all kinds of things tied up in that. Mm. And I know that, um, you know, somebody whose research I really admire, and I know she's been on your podcast is Dr. Nayla Bari. Mm. And she has looked at people who have been laid off and, you know, what are the practices, what are the behaviors you know, of people that have been most successful in navigating that kind of transition and moving into a position where they're happier and better off. And some of her recommendations are very counterintuitive, right? And include making time for reflection, you know, carving out an hour a day to journal or to meditate or 20 minutes a day, right? Having some kind of practice, going for a walk every morning where you just have space to think. Um, and making sure you have time to do something creative. Um, you know, one of the things I've been doing in this, uh, sort of great pause is taking these master classes, you know, they're mm. like two or three hour little classes. They're very highly produced. They're mm-hmm. more edutainment than, than education, mm-hmm. but they're on things like screenwriting and interior design and creative things that I normally wouldn't spend time thinking about. But what an interesting immersion into different frameworks, different ways of thinking, a whole different mindset. And, you know, you do some of that and suddenly you start connecting dots differently and you come out with different ways of thinking. So giving yourself the time and space to do things that seem counterintuitive, but can actually be so helpful in helping you um, navigate what is a difficult time, you know, after being laid off and, you know, more practically speaking, position you for something that, you know, will be as good as, or maybe even better than what, what you had. Yeah, that's, it's so good. Yes. And Nyla's interview will come out probably before this one. So they'll have some reference (laughs) on that too, which is great. Um, No, I think doing the inner work is very key. And again, having that grace and compassion for yourself and, and uh, resisting the urge to punish yourself or feel like I got to be on the computer 24 seven until I find that next thing. Um, Diane, talk to us about techniques or resources that somebody could tap into right now. Um, to actually master the calendar? Because like I said in the beginning, some people are really naturally good at that. It's just part of their DNA. They just know how to look at a calendar and slate it and, and follow it. And then there's others uh, who, who don't. Um, anything that you found is useful? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, some of the things that I've talked about, time blocking, maker versus manager, um, you know, for some people... I have definitely found for some people that it's less about the calendar Mm. and following specific times than it is about, you know, focusing on specific things they need to get done that day. Like, I'm going to, here are my top three priorities Mm. for today. 
no matter when they get done, right? I'm I'm not going to try to control my calendar, but I am going to be like laser focused to making sure these things get get done. I mean, that doesn't work for me, but that might work for some people who have real struggles with their calendar. Um, you know, I love uh, one book that I've read that I think could be really helpful is a book called Essentialism, mm-hmm. which is really, it goes back to this idea of priorities, what really matters, and how do you really get into the mindset of thinking about that and building a schedule and a calendar around the essential things that matter most to you. Um, So I found that really reinforcing about some of the things that I talk about with priorities and values and how you allocate your time. Are you analog or digital with your calendar? I'm digital. I'm I'm 100% digital. But again, I I know people who are really visual and like to write things down, and and that's a big help. Yeah. Um, I also... You know, I, just one more tip that I think might be useful is I have like a, a little, it's almost like a mini to-do list of kind of short things like, oh, I need to call and ask about this bill or I need to, you know, make this appointment, just like a list of tasks really. Mm. And some, and I just kind of keep that nearby so that if I have a call scheduled for an hour and it ends after 45 minutes, Like I have choices about what to do with that 15 minutes. I might go get a cup of tea or I might be like, well, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and make that call right now. Mm. And just knowing that, again, like you're fluid with yourself and and what you might need and, and how you feel. But having that sort of running list allows you to kind of insert productivity in those little spaces of dead time if you're up for that. I think that's a great idea because it's true. We always have those. I have on my calendar on the bottom right corner are those tasks. And sometimes I don't ever get to them. And I actually, it's a good point, you know, that those might be some of the things that keep recurring on my list week to week. So you don't schedule in task time as much as take advantage of time that you had allotted that doesn't get fully used up. I like to have a list of things that I can do when I do have time that doesn't get filled up, you know, where I have kind of an opportunity. I like Like the list is right there. I don't have to think about it. I mean, the other huge, I I feel like we should also address kind of the elephant in the time room, which (laughs) is, you don't, you know, uh, I really encourage people to the extent that you can, like, don't be a hero. Don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. And one of the most impactful, powerful things we can do is buy time. And that can mean as, as, as little as, you know, hiring somebody on Upwork for two hours a week, you know, to help you with social media or with emails or with organization or filing tasks or uh, with web research, right? Very like simple once-off things. It could be, um, you know, working with somebody on an ongoing basis, you know, working with an accountant for six hours a month to help you with your invoicing and your in your books, if that's something that you don't like to do. Mm. So really thinking about, you know, what are some tasks that I enjoy least? Um, Mm. So I kind of dread and drag my feet, uh, or I feel like I'm least good at. Mm -hmm. And is there a way that I can cost effectively outsource that to somebody else and just take it off my plate? 
that can be a really powerful way to get back time and especially unpleasant, you know, some of your least favorite time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get that time back and reallocate it to a higher and better use for you. I'm so grateful for this. I think it's been fantastic. Uh, Diane, where can people learn more about you and your work? I mean, the best place to learn about me is my website, which is com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> this was great. <laughs> I really, I always enjoy speaking with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I love being on your podcast. Thank you. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show or any of the previous shows, would you be kind enough to take one minute and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts? It's super easy to do, and it helps me know what's resonating with you, and it helps other women find the show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.